Episode 33 of the Photon Podcast. Bruce is back, and we're going to talk about contesting coming up. AmateurRadio15.com presents Photon, the other ham radio podcast. Sponsored by Main Trading Company. Find them online at mtcradio.com. Now, here's your host, Kale Nelson, K4CDN. Hey, yeah, yeah, it's Kale. What's up? Uh, K4CDN here, and thank you for tuning in to the 33rd episode of the Photon Podcast. The podcast that really wasn't supposed to be here 33 episodes later, but we're, we're here, and we appreciate you being here. You know, there's a lot of you that have been here since day one, and a hat tip to you guys. Thank you so much for participating, being a part of the show, your encouraging words we get from you, your notes, your emails, your subscriptions. Uh, we've got some great reviews on iTunes here recently, and appreciate all you guys doing that, as well as some new Twitter followers and Facebook friends. So uh, thank you. Thank you for participating with us and being a part of what we're doing. And if you're new here, you, you have no idea what the Faux Time podcast is, well, Outside of being a really bad name for an amateur radio podcast, it's the other ham radio podcast. And we're here for the new guy, and we're hoping to introduce you to some things about the hobby to uh, kind of get you excited, to keep you excited. If you're getting licensed now or you're studying for your test, we hope that what we're doing here will encourage you to continue in your hobby and, uh, and enjoy it like I have and, and others have. We've got folks that have been amateurs for years that listen to the show folks who are not in amateur radio listen to the show and just coming into the hobby as well so welcome back to you all we appreciate you being here we're going to continue with bruce jewett uh, whiskey one golf quebec from the last show where he talked about dxing this time we're going to talk about contesting and all that'll come up in just a couple of secs but first i gotta let you know this portion of the photon podcast is brought to you by icom america's id 880 dual band d-star mobile transceiver the ID-880 is a D-Star-equipped 50-watt dual-band mobile transceiver featuring over a 1,000 memory channels, an alphanumeric display, a wide receiver, multiple scan options, weather alert, and more. Right now, the ID-880 is on sale at MTC Radio. That's right, for a limited time, on sale at mtcradio.com. Again, mtcradio.com. So, yeah, here we are. We're back with uh, Bruce Jewett, Whiskey One Golf Quebec. And uh, Bruce tells us that uh, in addition to having some great downloads that I can see on my end from this previous show that we had Bruce on, uh, Bruce, you also had some folks uh, contact you and uh, leave some comments with you about uh, your appearance on the program. Yeah, I was quite surprised. And thank you again for having me on the show. Um, after the uh, DXing uh, uh, format that we did what, a couple of weeks ago, I had 15 uh, various emails, and uh, it's easy, easy to find me, W1GQ, and, and Google that, and you can find my email address. So if there's other e uh, questions that come up during this show or in the previous, uh, send them my way. I'd love to, to respond. Well, thank you for that, guys. And uh, Bruce, thank you for that. And folks, thank you for letting Bruce know that you enjoyed hearing him on the show. He is a, uh, a deep well of uh, information, and we're going to get into that further today as we continue talking about uh, DXing, but in a little different sense. We're going to talk about contesting. Bruce, we know that uh, you moved where you live to where you lived uh, to participate in a greater sense of contesting. Tell us a little bit about, like you did the last time, about DXing. Tell us about what is contesting. What is, what is that term? 
Well, contesting uh, is one of making as many contacts uh, as you possibly can, depending on what the rules are. Uh, there are certain uh, uh, contests that really center on uh, DXing, uh, CQ Worldwide, AWRL, a DX contest. Um, so those are as many contacts you can make around the globe on different bands and such. Uh, and then there's more local uh, contesting, and there's QSO parties. Uh, New Hampshire, where I live, uh, has a QSO party once a year. And that's uh, working uh, various uh, states and you know, racking up uh, points that way. But contesting, in its essence, is all about working uh, to the rules uh, as many uh, contacts, either DX, states, or various flavors thereof. I got you. Now, contesting is just another part of the hobby we enjoy. Uh, not everybody's a contester. Not everybody's made to be a contester. But it's a lot of fun, and it really helps hone your skills making contacts because it's not just your everyday 80 meters hanging out and talking about fried chicken. I mean, it's a lot of work in a lot of aspects. Well, absolutely. And, and to your uh, other point, uh, some people don't like contesting. And, and uh, I, I work quite a few contests as for years and years. Um, and, you know, there's a handful, or maybe it's larger than a handful, but there are uh, uh, people within the bands that feel it's a, a nuisance and we're distracting from the good nature of, uh, of uh, ham radio, which is uh, centers around rag chewing or uh, you know, having pleasurable conversations. And, and I respect that. I totally, I totally understand that. So one of the essence, I think, of contesting is, is really respect in the bands. Um, you know, there are parts of the bands where, frankly, I won't go, even if there's DX there or uh, you know, some, some contact I need because there's rag chewing going on and such. So I think one of the main messages I'd like to uh, pass on to your listeners is that um, you know, contesting, although you can get your heart rate up, it certainly uh, can be a, a real challenge and you kind of lose uh, uh, yourself in the moment. Uh, but respect on the bands is uh, one of the paramount things. Fantastic. And that's, that's a great point to, to drive home probably three or four times during this, this, this conversation. Uh, and, it, you know, it goes both ways. There's a lot of guys out there that when they hear a contest start up, well, they're going to call, they're going to try to cause problems with the contest, and it's just one of those things. Uh, what was it? Turn the big dial, just <laughs> turn the big dial. You know, just grab the big knob and turn it. Go away. Don't don't fall into the trap. So, um, why why would I want to be involved in a contest? What would make me uh, want to do that outside of? Well, no, I'm just going to let you answer the question. You tell me why I would want to be involved in contesting. Well, to my earlier uh, podcast, which centered around DXing, it's a great way uh, to work uh, DX contacts and, and really drive up your, your points. If, if you're our contacts or, or our countries, if you want to chase uh, all band uh, DXCC, uh, a great place to get started is in a DX contest. Um, you know, it's, it gives you 48 hours of just a huge quantity of DX on the bands. And, uh, you know, you've got you to gotta work it. There's some challenges associated with it, uh, but it's a great way to uh, work DXCC. If you're a serious contester with a multi-multi-station, you'll run DXCC uh, within the first uh, 20 hours, 24 hours of the contest. So, you know, all, you can get to 100 countries, which is the classification for, for you know, the beginning of the DXCC. You can get that uh, going in a, in a pretty rapid way. So if you're a beginner, and you want to uh, really challenge yourself to work a set of countries and, and really start moving yourself into a DXCC kind of a situation, uh, a DX contest is, is great. The other uh, side of it, and what really gets my uh, attention to contesting, is this is sheer challenge of it all. 
Um, and I and I run a, a station that is uh, I've run multi multi with groups of people, a great camaraderie, great uh, association with a wonderful set of hams, um, and I do single uh, ops, which is just me sitting in the station for forty eight hours. Uh, the challenge of uh, of it is what really I enjoy. Um, how many you know the, the DXCC? I'm sorry, the uh, CQ Worldwide is forty eight hours. Um, staying awake for thirty hours of that, or or you know, working uh, into certain parts of the world on 160 at uh, sunrise or gray line, uh, to me that is just nothing but fun. And uh, so that's why I do it. I just get the sheer joy of it. Fantastic. You know, and a lot of people, <laughs> my wife wouldn't understand that. And uh, there, there are probably some hams that wouldn't understand it. It's just not what they're, <clears throat> excuse me, what they're interested in, what they're looking to do. But uh, what little time I've had when contests come around and I'd get on the air, it's always a lot of fun to me personally. Uh, just to say, hey, wow, they can hear me, I can hear them, I think I can make that contact and snag something I've never snagged before. Uh, and, and you're right, I mean, not even competitively being involved in it, just listening to it will get your heart rate going, man, because it gets crazy out there sometimes. Oh, it's 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 crazy and, and crazy fun for me. Yeah. I, uh, as I mentioned to your listeners before, I, I my preferred mode is CW. Uh, and sitting, uh, running uh, on CW 10 meters when it's red hot, uh, and working, uh, you know, three or four uh, stations uh, per minute, just that rapid fire when the contest first begins. I have to say, there's just your your adrenaline's pumping, your head's running, and and it's it's just a really a fun fun time. So enjoy. Now we talked just a few minutes ago about the different types of contests out there, whether it's the DX contest, whether it's a QSO party in a state. Um, Field day could even almost halfway be a contest, but you don't, it don't count for anything, but it's a lot of fun. I guess you could practice for contesting there. Um, are there any other types of contests that we might not have spoken about either this time or the, the previous time? Well, there is, there is uh, almost an endless list of uh, contests. Uh, certainly contest.com. There's certain websites where you can go to to see what's being uh, uh, presented that, in a particular weekend. Um, but to your earlier question, uh, you know, field day is, uh, or comment, I should say, field day. I, I'm a serious uh, DXer, a serious contester, and I love field day. Uh, it, is a, it, it is one of those contests and I, and I view it as, I know it's preparedness, I understand it's out in the field. Um, I certainly have worked it uh, since 1970, so I certainly a number of, uh, number of times uh, <laughs> doing it. But I, I, I just think that, that, you know, that whole concept of uh, you know, working various states, different people, being patient with very young people, mm-hmm. uh, I get just nothing of a joy of, of hearing a very young voice on the bands, because that was me at one time. Yeah. And, I, and I just remember you know, how people were treated me, some not too good, some pretty darn kind and gentle. But I, I just find that to be an environment uh, where I get just thorough joy out of uh, being on the bands. Now, I've run serious contests, multi-multi, where I'm really going for rates, I'm really going for you know, scores and, and, and awards. But I'd say probably in the last uh, three or four years, I, I just I don't do it for that. I just do it for the sheer joy of working many a station, seeing you know challenging myself on bands, staying awake, just driving uh, certain uh, parts of the world when it comes to contacts. Uh, so you know, to me, it's it's moved into instead of paper on the wall to just sheer joy, and that's why I look at field day or some of these obscure contests. I work those as well. Uh, there's. Again, I encourage your, your listeners to go to uh, contest.com. I'm sure there's other sites. That's the one I go to, though. 
And there's a, every weekend, there's got to be a contest someplace on planet Earth, whether it be the Bulgaria DX contest, the Russian CW contest, uh, Earth, uh, Moon, uh, Earth, uh, the EME contest, 10, 10 gigahertz contest. There's a, there's a contest all the time. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you this. I, I just knocked my mic off the deal almost. Uh, let me ask you this. Like when the guys go up and activate the summits on the air, they like to have people listening so that their activation counts for something. The guys at home listening want someone to activate the summit so that they can get points for getting the summit. Is it kind of the same thing now where you're at in your contesting mind is, is you're out there to enjoy it as much uh, for your fun as it is to help the contest continue on? Well, absolutely. Yes. And there's another aspect of contesting. I'm kind of jumping around here a little bit, but um, you know, the DX clusters and, you know, we talked about that before with the DX and monitor the DX clusters to see, you know, who's on and, and certainly a good way to, uh, to work uh, various parts of the world and drive up your DXCC count. Contesting is the same way. A good, uh, my book, and this is me speaking, um, any contact, if I'm working, I will post on the cluster for others to know where that contact is. Uh, and, and I will say a multi-multi-station will live on uh, DX cluster to understand where the propagation is going, who's on, if there's some multiplier, and I'll talk about multipliers in a minute here, but if there's a multiplier on where, where that person is so they can work them. So that, I think, is part of giving back, right? If you work a station, post it out on the DX cluster, it just takes a, a, a keystroke, and uh, others know that that contact is there. And, and that's sharing. That's sharing of the information, which allows other people to to drive up their count, and they could be competing against you. So, right. but but that's the spirit of of the hobby. That's the spirit of contesting. And we spoke about the spirit before we come on the air of just how wonderful, by and large, the amateurs are. And and this is just another way. And Bruce coming in here with us, educating us. We again thank you for being with us. We're talking to Bruce Jewett. His call is Whiskey One Golf Quebec. And we're discussing DX this time. I'm sorry, contesting this time. We had him on for DX the last time. I didn't come out right. But, uh, hey, we're talking about this contesting. Tell us a little bit about how it works, Bruce. Uh, how how do we uh, do we have to sign up for something, or we just find out the rules and jump on the air? Find out the rules, jump on the air uh, is is the best way to go. And and, and the, But also decide what you want to do. If, if your uh, goal is to... Work QSA, QSO party in the state of New Hampshire, um, and that seems like a good environment to you know, just want to work at different uh, stations, either stateside or, or uh, DX. That's great. If you want to maybe uh, get into DXing and, and to drive up your DXCC count, look at CQ World ARRL. Again, there's so many contests out there. Um, you know, I, I personally spend most of my time. In DXCC, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, CQ Worldwide or AWRL, uh, those are the two con- contests that I enjoy. Field Day is another one. Okay, okay. And now a lot of people don't understand this, uh, but there's usually an exchange that every different contest or even just a net for that matter, it, it, they normally follow some sort of regularized exchange that works with that particular contest. Explain to us a little bit about what the exchange is. To me, it's like a handshake, uh, but uh, can you tell us in, in your terms what the exchange would be? Oh, sure. Yeah. So, so uh, there's various uh, flavors. Uh, certainly for 
CQ Worldwide or AWRL. CQ Worldwide, it's uh, 595 or 5995, of course, uh, your RST and, and then your particular zone. Um, you know, for AWRL, it's uh, 59 and then uh, your state, or if you're DX, it's, it's power. So every, every one of these contests has a little different uh, uh, twist on it. And uh, again, the rules are always encouraged before you jump on. But, uh, you know, uh, every, every contest has a little nuance to it. And uh, I would encourage your listeners to, to whatever that one that catches your fancy to, to, to understand the rules. Um, because it's out of respect for the others who are contesting, right? So if if you're going to be on the bands working them, they and I and I'm guilty of this as well. I like to be served. I know that sounds kind of weird, but I, if I'm working a contest and I'm working three or four QSOs per minute in CW, it's it's it takes me out of my rhythm. It takes me out of my my thought process when someone's starting to ask me what contest are you in when it's CQ mm-hmm. Worldwide. You just just know what what is around you because that's out of respect for the uh, for the contester. The other thing, I also, I, I kind of uh, glossed over, but you know there are different contests. There's a sprint contest, which I believe the three hours long. So if you're not into a 24 or 48 hour contest, uh, they have these things called sprint, uh, which are CW or phone. Um, they're they're kind of cute the way they're formatted. You you work a station and then you QSY to another. Uh, you know, just another part of the band. It's it's a it's a nice way to kind of get a little taste of um, of contests. And there's sweepstakes. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, sweepstakes is the oldest contest. Uh, it was set up by the AWRL. Uh, there's a very unique exchange for that, and uh, people uh, thoroughly enjoy that. I've worked that several times myself. There is just like I said, there's no uh, there's no end to the list of uh, flavors of contests. Yeah, and I mean some of them are CW only, some of them are voice only, some of them are PSK thirty one or RTTY. I mean, and some of them are just whatever you can fit in, just go right. Just go, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, again, I just seem to gravitate toward the CW uh, uh, parts of, or CW uh, contests. So again, my two big ones are AWRL DX and CQ Worldwide DX CW. You're talking about gaining points. You're talking about uh, moving up in ranking and whatnot. Uh, explain to me scoring for something like this. Yeah, so scoring is um, you get uh, the fundamentals are uh, for CQ worldwide is uh, you know how many QSOs, um, and then you have a multiplier uh, time, and 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 that's just a simple straight math, right? I mean, so. It's all these contests have uh, uh, different ways they score, but it's you know the fundamentals of my book. When I'm working a contest, are I need to work as many people as I possibly can, in as many unique either uh, uh, countries uh, or multipliers, what they're called, um, and you know just it's just a multiplication, and you get to the answer. Uh, field day is uh, you know that's that's quite simple. It's right how many uh, contacts times some. A multiplier for the power level you're running, uh, and and so you know, but all of those are just pretty much just straight math. But again, when I get on the bands, um, I think of two things fundamentally, and I just stay in that zone pretty much for the 48 hours. Is how many contacts can I work, and if there's something unique, because yeah, a multiplier is a big deal. If you're running um, a contest and you get to a new country, which is considered a multiplier. Uh, that will multiply your entire score. So it's a huge thing to focus on that. Wow. Now, I understand not all the bands are available to be contested on. Is that correct? Oh, that's absolutely correct. The, the WARC bands, 18, 24, and 10, uh, are off limits for, uh, for contesting. 
and and uh, you know there are times I wish those bands were a part of contests. And I'm sure there's a set of people that would disagree with that firmly. But um, you know the propagation of those bands can be uh, quite uh, interesting. Certainly, 18 when the Sunspot cycle is maybe on its decline. Um, but uh, yeah, those work bands are are not permitted for for contesting. Very good, very good. Now we know that you have a a, a contesting station. Um, is is that required to be a contester? I mean, th- we, this is just like the question we asked last week. We're going to ask it again. Is that required? Is a big monster station required for contesting? I know it's going to help, but uh, do you have to have something huge to get started? No, no. I mean, it, you know, to your comment, right? It, in contesting, if you're going to take it seriously and really compete, because there are some monster stations out there, um, but if you're going to do it for fun or just drive up some QSO uh, count or DXCC count, no, you don't need a big station. Uh, I worked uh, contesting in Southern California in Palos Verdes with just an awful station, but had, had a lot of fun doing that. But if you're going to compete, um, you're going to be competing against people who have uh, you know, stations that are serious and, and you want to take a look at your equipment. But to have fun, no, nothing fancy is needed. We're going to go back to the, uh, to the same answer again, but I'm going to ask a question. Uh, what's more important with a contest station, the radio, the amplifier, if you have one, or the antenna? Oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an antenna guy. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. Um, and, and uh, you know, I, it's, it's certainly for serious contesters, uh, I'd encourage your listeners to maybe Google a K3LR, W3LPL. Um, there, there, there is no lack of aluminum in the air. Oh, my and, goodness. And, and there is, uh, I have done the same. Uh, not, not to that level. I don't want to paint that picture. But, but I certainly believe in the way they do, which is uh, put a lot of aluminum in the air, stack Yaggies, a lot of, a lot of phasing of antennas, um, because to me, that's where that's where your gains will be. I got you. I got you. Yeah, I, I know a lot of guys, man. You know, especially coming into the hobby, um, they see things. Uh, they see these radios that are high power, or oh, I got to get an amp, or I need a bigger radio, and they've got uh, you know just an, an eighty meter wire antenna in their yard. Not that that won't work, but I mean, if you're going to spend your money, start on the opposite end of the radio, I would say, and work back to the rig? Would that be a good good way to look at things? Yeah. It, well, I kind of jump around a little bit. I think, you know, antenna up in the air, absolutely. Um, you know, put some, some decent uh, transmission line to it, RG8 or something, then work back into the radio, um, and then, then take a look at the amplifier, and then go the other direction, start putting some decent uh, coax. Uh, you know, I run hardline, 7.8's hardline. I have some, some bigger stuff than that on 10 meters, but you know, you just start looking at optimizing every element of it, and if you if you go look at some of these uh, serious stations uh, that that have optimized, everything is taken care of. Everything from you know the antenna to the uh, to the transmission line to the amplifiers to the radios to the computer that's you know driving the, a lot of the communication among multi multi against other you know with, within your station, outside your station. It just seems like there's an endless loop of things you can do. <laughs> It's kind of like women, you know, they buy a pair of earrings and then have to have a dress to go with the earrings. And then, well, yeah, then yeah. you need a new car because you can't. Yeah, yeah I you mean, can't. Work, you can't drive that to church, man. It doesn't match. <laughs> doesn't match the earrings we started with. So, yeah. I, I'm a. I, I have. I've gone that loop. I can't tell you how many times, and, yeah. and I keep saying I'm going to stop, and I never do. Well, it's okay. I, it, it's just part of first world problems, I guess. We suffer from here. 
Hey, we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. We'll continue on with Bruce Jewett. Uh, he is Whiskey One Golf Quebec. We're learning about contesting this time through on the Photon Podcast. Back in a sec. Main Trading Company in Paris, Texas is still one of the small town stores. Give us a call. You'll get a real person on the phone. Richard, myself, Christine, Tammy, or Danielle. We're there to help you find the gear you're looking for. We carry brands like Icom, Kenwood, products from Roan Tower, Heil, LDG, Alinko, Jetstream, Radio Waves, MFJ. The list goes on and on. 903-737-0773. And on the web at mtcradio.com. This portion of the Photon Podcast is brought to you by Kenwood USA's TS-480. It's an HF and 6-meter transceiver with a built-in tuner. It also works all modes at 100 watts. Tailor-made for DXing, the TS-480 transceiver raises the bar on portable ops, and it's on sale now at mtcradio.com. Grab your new TS-480 SAT from mtcradio.com. Back with Bruce Jewett, Whiskey One Golf Quebec, here on the Photon Podcast. I am Kale, your host, K4CDN, and we're learning about contesting this time through on the podcast. We Again, thank you, Bruce, for being on here with us. And I want to go back real quick. Uh, right before the break, we were talking about equipment. We were talking about do we have to have a big station? Do we Can we get by with a modest rig and whatnot? Uh, do the radios really make a difference? Uh, but what about our some you, – you, you touched on it just very briefly in one of your replies – about uh, computers and whatnot for your station. What are some accessories that we would need to uh, kick off our contesting here in uh, in the hobby? Well, I, first is uh, uh, if you're going to, well, the computer. I mean, obviously, it's touched every phase of our life. I did contesting when everything was paper and you had dupe sheets and all. You had a big erasers and a pencil sharpener. That's why I started contesting, and, and, and it was a lot of fun. You couldn't work the rates that you uh, could now because uh, everything was a manual process. But computers is certainly uh, is another area where contesting has uh, benefited by it. Um, and, and so when I look at a multi-multi station, which let me explain a couple things here. One is a single operator is just one person sitting in front of a radio uh, working various bands. And again, there's, there's rules. So you can only change frequencies so many times per 10 minutes and such. Uh, there's uh, multi-single, uh, which is multiple people uh, in one radio, and you do shifts. So you kind of keep the bands alive. So you, you definitely are going in and out. Uh, you're taking breaks and such. Um, there's multi-multi, which is, uh, you know, you've got as many people, you know, probably uh, two people per band. So you have, and I'll talk about this in a minute, but running uh, or, or uh, search and pound stations. Um, there's um, multi-two. There's all these different ways of, of doing it. But no matter what mode you're, you've, or I should say what uh, type of contest you want to run, multi-multi and such, uh, the computer will touch all of it. Why it's important for multi-multi is every station will have a computer that's sitting on, you know, connected to your radio, connected to the DX cluster, and sending messages back and forth to each other. When you look at uh, um, running multi-multi, if you're on 10 meters and, and you need this particular country on 15 meters, you'll send a note uh, to the um, 15 meter station and then you'll ask that person on the band will you run us on will you work us on 15 meters and try to move that that multiplier that dx station 
uh, to 15 meters. And all that interconnection, all that communication is taking place with a, with a network uh, and computerized. The other thing is if you are um, going to run voice, CW for sure too, but if you're going to run voice, I strongly encourage to have a voice keyer. Um, you know, because there's just no way that you can, well, I've done it, but so there is a way, but it's just <laughs> painful uh, to, to sit on the bench for 48 hours, if that's what your choice is, and, and work people, your voice will give. Um, and so, you know, the computer has touched, again, it's touched our lives in so many ways, but it's also touched uh, contesting as well. So electronic keying, electronic voice transmission, networking, radio control, clusters, so you're, you know, understanding where the thing, watching the map to see where the gray lines are. It's, it's, it's almost endless what it's doing for you. Let me ask you real quick, because I, I, I can see someone in the back of the classroom here raising their hand. Their question is, this multi-multi you're talking about, uh, are you guys all in the same shack? Are you uh, spread out? Uh, how, how, does, how does that work uh, for you guys up there when you're running a multi-multi contest? So, yeah, good question. Um, I've done both. And, and, and maybe the rules are, um, I believe, it's been a while since I've done this, but I believe it's a thousand, um, if you take the, uh, a circle, I think it's a thousand feet. Uh, I could have this wrong. So, so let me answer your question. So, yes, you can all be in the same shack, but that's a big shack, right? Yeah. Um, and, and there's stations for running, there's stations for search and pound, so that's two people per band usually. Uh, and then you have someone cooking and someone, you know, feeding you coffee and that kind of stuff. <laughs> it it can be, you know, it could be 15 people, uh, if not more, participating. And K3LR is probably, he's the top multi-multi-station on planet Earth right now. He leads in so many different ways. Great guy, by the way, just a super person. Um, but that's a, that I, I don't. I mean, there's just no end to the size of the, uh, the, or the quantity of the people and the size of the station. But to your other question, are they all here? So I ran multi-multi for a number of years with a station. Happened to, when I moved to New Hampshire, there happened to be a ham operator, contester, that was within the rules of working as one station. And so we built a, a little uh, uh, data link uh, between our two homes so we could be networked, um, and we, we had a high-speed network between our two houses, and it was qualified as a one-station uh, operation. And, and, and he had uh, five or six people in his shack, and he picked uh, two or three bands. I had two or three bands, and I had five or six people in my shack considered as one. Um, but, it, but there are distance rules. You cannot have someone beyond this uh, circle, and I believe it was 1,000 feet or yards. I forget. Man, that, that, that's serious. That's some ser- You're running data links between homes. Uh, this is probably uh, before networking like we have it nowadays. It was. I, this was this was uh, ten years ago, um, and and it was. And I and I built a little microwave link. I'm an RF microwave engineer, uh, so I built a little data link, uh, and uh, it, it it would crap out in the middle of the contest, and I'd have to get off the band to get it alive again. And yeah, <laughs> if 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 we were to do this again, I, I run single op now, but but if we were to have this uh, multi multi between our two stations, the technology, I mean, you can get a link to this router and, and kind yeah. of modify it and make a data link out of it and be good to go forever. You have 10 of them up on the air for about 100 bucks. This was pre that, uh, so it was a little goofy the way I did it, but it, it worked and we'd, we'd, we'd limp through and, and keep the data link alive. And you didn't tear up your wife's uh, flower beds running fiber between the two. You did it. RF. I, yeah, I did it RF. I probably should have put a, you know, something. 
Yeah, talking about wives and, and, and this other fellow, I'll keep his name off the table out of respect for him, but he, he uh, great, great guy, by the way. I don't want to paint any pictures here that are wrong, but you know, what, both our complaints were, you know, you better have a pretty understanding wife. So there's nothing like having 10 sweaty dudes at your house. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I, had, my children were, were uh, they've moved on to college and beyond, but at that time, I, I remember my wife was, you know, cooking breakfast for these guys, making coffee, and I thought, what a sweet woman, but boy, I caught it at the other side of that. She, yeah, was, like, she was smiling on the outside, but burning on the inside. She's like, who are these people? You know? And <laughs> one, of, one of the lessons that, uh, that I took, and I, and I do work other stations uh, as an operator, um, when you go to someone else's house, it's a, it's a gift. Um, I had one operator, you know, asking for more coffee and more, you know, can you cook me some more eggs, uh, to my wife? And I <laughs> don't do that. Right. <laughs> yeah. This isn't Waffle House, bud. No, no, you're not paying for anything. Right? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's all going the other direction. Wow. That's, that's pretty serious though. I mean, uh, 10, 15, 20 people running the station and, uh, there's no wonder folks that can do that are, are leading the world in the points. I mean, that's, that's out there, man. That's. There is uh, some. And the nice part about uh, living in New Hampshire, uh, there are some, or the Northeast in general, but there are some wonderful stations just around me. Just I could probably take my bicycle and ride to it. Is K one AR, K one DG. I mean, these are these are fellows who who are just very serious at uh, contesting. Uh, K one AR wrote for Q, CQ magazine for a number of years. The contest section. Um, his uh, brother-in-law, Doug, K1DG. There, so I came to the Northeast from Southern California, and and just the community of DXers, the community of contesting here in the Northeast is great. Another big one is KC1XX. Um, you know, so there's some big, there are some really big time stations up here in the Northeast, which which is good because there's a lot of cool people, and I get to to network with them. It can be bad because when you're on the bands. We're all, you know, working uh, it, and they run in some stations, and so am I, and and so we run into each other once in a while. So we know how to respect that and kind of move around each other. Which which brings me to my next question: is um, is it is it due to the fact that you're you're the 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 area is such a small area up there, you're just more compressed, and that means the people are closer together. So you're the uh, the big DXers just happen to live closer to one another, or is it? I mean, because California is a lot bigger than New Hampshire. Yeah, but uh, I, I can't answer that. I don't know that okay. answer that question because if you look at just pure geography, uh, and it's coincidental, maybe more than anything else, uh, just in the, in the New Hampshire, there's just a lot of serious hams. But then if you look at the top, the top contester, uh, contesters, the two is uh, K3LR, and he's in Pennsylvania, on the uh, um, western side of Pennsylvania, right on the border of Ohio. And, and then you'll look at W3 uh, LPL, who's down south, and I think he's in the uh, uh, just outside of the D.C. area. But And just in the northeast. But if you're going to be a serious DX or a DX contester, uh, living up in the northeast is the best. Because if you look at what you want to accomplish, which is work as many DX contexts as you possibly can, um, you're sitting right on the doorway into Europe and into you know, Russia and eastern uh, eastern side of uh, Europe, so it has the highest uh, uh, probabilities of, of just hitting all of those different parts of the world. So you can drive your count up in a, in a in a very rapid way. Well, it worked for the pilgrims, and it's working for the DXers up there. Uh, a few hundred years apart, but absolutely. Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, let, let's continue on about this contesting thing. Um, 
got a little off there, but I, I just had some questions, man. Thank you for answering those. Training. Um, can you train? I, I mean, people I, train for everything. Can you train for contesting on amateur radio? Absolutely. Uh, and I do. And I've been contesting, and I'm a very serious CW operator. Um, but there's uh, CW trainers. Um, it's called Morris Runner. Um, I can provide it to you, and you can post it on, sure. on your site for the, the website. But, but it, is a, it, it can simulate a contest. A contest. And, uh, it's, it's, and I do it, and I do it every, uh, every contest season. Uh, season meaning as you start into the fall winters when con- the DX contests begin. Mm-hmm. Um, I will sit for weeks uh, in front of that, you know, probably four or five weeks, training myself, getting my skills back to where they need to be. Um, and and because I, I again CW for me is the preferred mode. I, I can really uh, you know I can I can be one of the top CW guys. I mean I, I really know how to uh, you know work work uh, QSOs fast. So. Morris Runner provides you with your computer. Uh, it's a computer program for sure, but but it provides you with an environment that sounds just like a contest. And what I mean by that, you can set, you have these little but- buttons where you can set up QSB, QRM. How many people do you want to come back to you at a particular time? Do you want ten people to answer your CW? So so you so it adds that confusion factor. Yeah, you can. So this whole environment can be set up, simulated. And, and it really peaks your hearing because, again, as I said to you in the DX session uh, a few weeks ago, your ear is a wonderful instrument and, and it has to parse out these different tones in order to work the stations. Well, that's, not, that's something you train for and this Morris runner provides that environment. And, and if I'm on an airplane between Boston and, and San Francisco, I'll put on the headphones and I'll spend an hour uh, just com- completely confusing myself to try to to build those skills on how to parse out those stations and, and, and log them. So our listeners that are, you know, like call of duty guys, they've got nothing on you. I mean, <laughs> you've got nothing. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to make, du- make my nephew listen to this one for sure. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, you know, the, the closest I've ever gotten to something like that was a CW trainer that I found and you could bring in noise. You could up the noise level. You could bring in, you know, the QRM and, and kind of really make it sound nasty. But uh, I didn't. Re- I just thought that was for learning CW. I didn't know that they had training devices. That's really interesting. Really interesting. And and, and they're, they 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 look just like a logging program to what you'd use in the contest. So not only are you training yourself to hear, you know, and pull out these uh, CW stations, um, you get it looks just like a logging program. So you log them just as you would in a contest. So you you get that hearing. And the, the neat part about this is just such a strange thing to talk about, but I could actually go through a contest and I'll spend an hour or two and not know what I work. It's here, you hear it and you type it, you hear it and you type it. And after a while, you kind of lose track on who these people are. It's, it's, it's kind of a strange transition your, your, your brain will go through. But you want to get to that point because you don't want to have to think about this stuff too much because you're running so fast. Running meaning you're working stations so fast. And that logging program, uh, Morris Runner, will help you uh, uh, develop those skills. It's a good thing you've got the dupe button on there too, right? So you don't just keep chasing the same guy over and over. The yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. So uh, we've talked about contesting software, training software. What about contesting clubs? I know that some of those exist. Yes, they, and, and I'd encourage it. If you're a new contester, um, seek out the local club. Here in the Northeast, we have what we call the Yankee Clipper uh, Club, YCCC. Uh, I'm not exactly sure of the heritage why that name came to being, but 
it's a it's a local club. It started back in the uh, uh, mid to late seventies. Uh, some of the top uh, DXers uh, here in the Northeast, K1DG, K1AR. Some of these guys uh, were the kind of the founding team. Again, I don't know all the heritage of it, uh, but uh, it, when I first moved to the Northeast and and from Southern California. I didn't know the environment at all. I didn't know who was here. I didn't know, uh, you know, who these people were. So I went to the club and, and got to know them. I, I'm not very much of a uh, participant now. Um, you know, mainly the, the most of these are held on weekends and such. And it seems like I've got the honeydew list that's endless. So I, <laughs> I always seem to find that to be uh, of priority for good reason. But I would encourage your listeners to to Google it, find the local club. Um, when I walked in, there was probably 50 people, and they welcomed me with open arms. I'll never forget it, too, because I'm, I'm new to living in the Northeast and walked in cold, and, and uh, they were very helpful, very kind. Is, is contesting something you can do casually? I mean, can you, just, can you enjoy it that way, or is it just going to bite you and it's, it's going to take you down a long, dark road? I, it bit me, so I can speak only to myself. Uh, it just got me and, and got me in a big way. But I, I see people that do it very casually. Uh, they will, they will, uh, you know, spend uh, an hour on a Saturday in, in one of the contests and just go off and play golf or whatever else their passions and joys are. Um, and, and that's fine. Uh, but by the way, I encourage anyone to participate because if you think about, if you're a serious DXer. Um, you're going to work all the stations that are serious on the band. So when I think of uh, CQ Worldwide, I'll work all the serious guys because they're going to be there 48 hours and I'll, I'll work them. But what, what you really are looking for is the casual operator because that you need to work every one of the casual operators. Casual meaning they'll, they'll be on the bands for an hour on a Saturday, maybe Saturday night, you know, Sunday at 3, and, and then that's it. Uh, and you need to work those uh, men and women because if you, if you do – that gives you the advantage over the people, uh, other people that you may be competing against. Right. So I'd encourage your listeners, spend 20 minutes on a Saturday, even if, and I'm guilty of this, I'll, I'll run pretty hard at you know, 32, 35 words per minute because uh, I'm just really comfortable at that speed. But if, if I hear someone coming in at five words a minute, I'll, I'll, I'll gladly slow down and work that person at five words per minute because I know that is a casual operator and that contact is is important to me and so even if you feel intimidated because someone's really uh, grinding through at a fast speed try and work them they're more than happy to work you there's wow. no there's no ego in my book there may be some people i don't know them but there it's it's always good to work them even on cw and voice voice can be intimidating too because you get a good rhythm going and you get a lot of people going work them even if you stumble a little bit it doesn't matter now we we touched a few minutes ago on logging and uh, you're doing that through your computer, with the uh, con- compu- your radio cat control, whatever we're going to call it. Um, what are some What are some different ways we can do logging for the uh, contesting? So uh, any uh, contest um, probably has a associated logging uh, you know program associated with it. So I there's a couple that uh, I've I've used over the years. K1EA, who's another uh, person up here in the Northeast. Uh, back in the 80s, mid-80s, 85, I think it was, somewhere around there, uh, wrote a logging program called CT. It was really the first, uh, uh, com- I don't know, commercial, I, don't, I guess he sold it, so yes, it was commercial, uh, available software program, ran on DOS. Um, I used it, it really, what I would consider was the secret weapon, I think that's what they even called it at the time, uh, for contesting, because before CT, uh, which was written by K1EA, uh, everything was done with 
with pencil and paper. So this is the first time that you're able to actually log, uh, contact, see uh, if you had a multi-multi, see who's working on what parts of the band, um, look for dupes real time. Um, but but if, if you're going to work a contest, look for a logging program uh, for that particular contest. C- uh, CT was good for CQ Worldwide, ARRL, and a whole host of other uh, uh, contests. There's another program out there that, that uh, has come on the scene, and that's uh, N1MM, uh, which has, uh, it's free, it's uh, shareware, uh, but it is excellent. And uh, I would encourage your listeners, uh, and I think he's got a particular um, you know, contest or uh, uh, setup for every contest that's ever been done. So anything that, that you may want to do, whether it be field day, secure worldwide, sweepstakes, uh, there's a uh, there's a particular format for that within M one MM. Cool. Now, what is uh, <clears throat> excuse me? We talked about the DX cluster the last time we were on we were on together. Uh, I know that it's important chasing DX. I would imagine it's far more important on contesting. Would that is that a correct assumption? Oh, it's huge. Uh, it is, but but also this is where the rules come into play. There's um, you can use the cluster and, and, and that qualifies you or puts you into a category. You could turn it off and not have DXC's, or the, the DX cluster, and that puts you in a different category. Again, all the rules are a little different depending on what contest you happen to be running, but um, if you're a multi-multi-station and you're, it's all about working as many and as broad as you can, broad meaning as many multipliers, as many countries as you possibly can, the DX cluster can be an asset. But they came up a while ago uh, with the category that uh, just turn it off, don't use it. Uh, and, and then, you know, it's all on you, right? As a station, um, you work everything you hear and, and instead of looking at the screen. I've gone both ways, uh, kind of my preference. Maybe it's just because I'm a little lazy. I like uh, turning on the DX uh, cluster, and, and uh, so I fall into that category. What's a skimmer? Skimmer is uh, some new technology that's uh, looking at uh, the broadband radios that look the entire uh, spectrum. Uh, CW is primarily, and there's some new skimmers for uh, RIDI as well for RTTY, but it looks at the... Um, broad spectrum and, and pulls out through a, a set of you know algorithms the, the various stations. So it's interesting. Uh, it there's a uh, a couple of websites that I'll, I'll pass along. You can post them, but you can uh, send CQ uh, your call letters and you can look and see what parts of the world you're lighting up. So if I sent CQ to uh, I could go on this particular website and see if I'm hitting. Europe, if I'm hitting uh, Asia and such. But people have these broadband radios, one per band, and they, they look across the spectrum and they're able to, through algorithms, uh, post the, the various stations that are working that those radios will hear. And there's, there's a whole network of these around planet Earth, and you can see where your radio or where you're transmitting into, see where the propagation is, but also it, it provides you with information on who's working what parts of the world. It also tells you, okay, there's a, a JA3 on this particular frequency. So it's, it's a way to monitor the entire band. It's really transformed the way that contesting is done. Again, there's various categories where you can use skimmers, not use skimmers, use DXC clusters and such. Uh, but again, those are all set up by the rules. That's pretty interesting. Now, casual guy, Saturday afternoon, he's bored, the wife's at the mall, 
contest is happening. What's the best way? Does he just need to come in here, find find a frequency, and sit there, or should he just tune around? What What's going to be best for him? Well, there's really two types of uh, uh, approaches. One is uh, sit there and call CQ and, and, and go for it. They call that the run station. If you're looking at uh, from a multi-multi-station, so you have multiple operators, you call that the run station. That person is going to sit on 14003 uh, for 48 hours and call CQ and work stations. He's running. That's all that person is going to do. I've done it. It's, 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 it has its thrills to it. It can be tiring at three in the morning when no one's coming back to you. All you're doing is sitting there. But it's it, that's called the run station. There's search and pounce station. That person is going up and down the bands. Either if they're uh, going to use cluster as part of the strategy or part of the contest rules, they'll look at what's happening on the cluster. And they'll look for those stations. They'll work them. So that's called search and pounce. So you're searching for a particular station and you're pouncing on that station. And you're working it. Now, there's a rule that's fundamental to all uh, contests that I'm aware of. That is you cannot transmit, you cannot have two transmitters on the band at a particular time. That's just a rule. You cannot do that. So what you do is you have interlock. So when I ran multi-multi, I made sure that both transmitters could not be transmitting at the same time. Um, that creates all sorts of havoc uh, for, you know, for your radios and such, you got to right. make sure. I mean, it, there's there's a lot of things that go into multi multi stations, so you're not killing your trans or your receivers, etc. But so so what happens is the search and pounce and the run station they got to be they got to know each other's style and the way they approach the contest because they got to be able to kind of get into a rhythm where this person's got to stop running stations for uh, a couple of seconds while a search and pounce station pulls up another station. Mm. It can, it's a lot more to it than uh, just. 10 guys sitting around drinking coffee it, it, it is and that's why these uh the big boys and i call them that the k3lrs and such um they get a group of people i think one of the qualities uh, maybe off a little track a little off track what you what you're asking but one of the qualities of a host so the person who really owns that station like k3lr um is the the you know, the, the way they treat these contesters as they come into their home. I realize that, you know, you have someone coming into your house, they're going to devote 48 hours to your equipment and help you win a contest. But it's also very important to have consistency with these people coming into your home year after year because they get this camaraderie, this rhythm, they understand uh, each other, and they kind of work as a collective team. And it's very important for these hosts, like, like K3LR, uh, to to you know provide an environment that's enjoyable. Um, I worked a contest uh, one time where I thought that I was uh, you know in the in, in a in a very strict uh, militaristic environment, and and that did not provide any joy to me, and <laughs> and I never went back. Um, so it's it's you know you need to get a team that works collaboratively together, and the only way you can do that is just getting to know each other and understanding each other's uh, ways of doing it, and and being consistent over the years. We've talked a lot about making contacts. I mean, uh, that's what we're talking about is contesting to make contacts. Do I uh, do I send QSL cards or EQSL or Logbook of the World for these contacts I'm making during a contest? I, I, I would. Um, I dump my uh, into Logbook of the World after every contest, um, my entire uh, log, and I consistently do that because, you know, if, if, if your goal as a contester uh, is to work uh, DXCC and various bands, various modes, uh, which a lot of people do. Um, you want to be able to get that, uh, uh, you know, that credit for doing that. So I use Logbook of the World. 
Um, I don't send out uh, QSL cards because uh, I'll, I'll work you know, three, four thousand stations in a weekend. <laughs> I, I, I go broke doing it. Yeah. But if but if someone sends me a QSL card, I'll respond because uh, if someone needs uh, New Hampshire for their DXCC, if they're sitting in Zimbabwe or or Japan or wherever it may be. Uh, I'll respect that, and I'll send a QSL card back. So I have a stack of them. After every contest, I'm always amazed how many QSL cards I get uh, by countries. I wouldn't think New Hampshire's uh, that difficult of a, of a, of a right. state <laughs> because because if you're a DXer, a lot of what you're looking at too is not only you know they're looking at DXCC, but all, they're also working states, right? Work yeah. all states was, and and so they'll look for New Hampshire to fill out their worked all states if they're in Europe and some place on planet Earth. Mm. So it's kind of a, it goes both ways. Of course, we're a, we're a new, a new guy show here. So what are some, what are some of the contests that a new guy could probably come into and, and have fun and not just be overwhelmed? Is, are, are there some better than others that more catered to a new guy? I, if I were brand new and, and, and I did this, so I, maybe I'm just a little biased this way. I would, I would seek out a field day contest uh, and, and I know they consider that more preparedness kind of a, a thing, but that's a camaraderie. Uh, it's a very usually a very casual environment. Um, I would look for a, a field day. Um, I think uh, another uh, place I would look for is sweepstakes. Um, I think that's one that would be uh, interesting. Although I'd encourage your listeners to just jump right in. Um, and, and I know I say that with some bias, and I've been doing this for a number of years, but. Uh, just you know, spend a uh, half hour, an hour on a Saturday, and 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 just work. Uh, if you're here in the Northeast or down South, wherever it may be, um, work some DX. I, everybody's happy to to work you. There, I know it may <laughs> may not sound like it, and I'm guilty of that too. Because I'll sit there at 35 words per minute sitting in CQ, and people are probably thinking, "My gosh, I'm not going to work that guy." Yeah. Um, but I, the reason I do that speed, frankly, is there's a lot of great CW operators on there, and I get into a rhythm, and I just I, I like it. But I'll slow it right down. I have no problem doing that. So I think any contest is is worth giving a shot. Give it a shot, and if you like it, keep going. If you don't, well, you know, plenty of other different interesting things to do in ham radio. Yeah, you just get the exchange. What What do we go back? Listen, listen, and listen again. Get the exchange. Follow get the, the ex- rules. Get get the exchange. Yeah, read the rules. Uh, listen, kind of hear what the rhythm is. Uh, you know, because there is a rhythm. I, it, it's it's. I know when you're new uh, to to the radio and contest, and you probably can't believe there's actually a rhythm. But there is a real center or a, a real uh, uh, way that you like to be uh, called and and when to call and when not to call. And you can hear hear that and try to fit right in. And it it can be a great experience. Bruce, before we let you go, uh, any parting advice? Anything you want to leave? with the folks coming into the hobby recently licensed recently deciding they want to try contesting after listening to these last two shows any advice you could share with them with your uh, 40 some odd years of being an amateur i you, you said it listen enjoy it um i think uh, whether you're chasing dxcc you're contesting you're rag chewing uh no matter what it is uh, you know there is there's all ages all all different uh, points of view but I think if you just approach it and just realize that it may seem a little intimidating, uh, it's, it's usually not. Um, and, and why I say that is when I'm running a contest, I'm, I'm sure my station sounds intimidating. 
because I run stacked Yagis. By the way, we didn't talk much about equipment, but uh, you know, as an example, on on 15 meters, I'll run. I have full size uh, six element long boomed uh, six over six over six. So I run phased antennas. Uh, and, and, I, and I run kilowatts, so I, I run power with a lot of gain on those antennas. And when you hear that, uh, you know, I'll have more people say, gosh, you're, you're like killing my front end of my receiver. But if you're a contester, what you don't want to do is have uh, anyone challenge to hear you. You yeah. want to make sure you're loud on the bands. I know that probably sends chills up a rag chewer's spine, right, because they don't want it. <laughs> but, but it's what you do to, to optimize your points. But to, that is not your question. Your question is, you know, where to begin, I'd say jump right in. Find a, a club that uh, can, can maybe invite you over to their contest station. Uh, we have YCCC in every community. I'm, I know there's clubs. Go to a DX club, meet some of the people, go to a Saturday afternoon to their station, watch how they do it, be friendly to them, be respectful, and, and they'll always let you sit down. Uh, I have uh, young people coming to my station all the time when I'm running contests. I'll put them in the seat. Why not? I mean, it's it's a hobby of fun. It should not be a hobby of anything else but fun. Exactly. And there's there's some people that that can screw up golf. You know, there's there's people that can screw up softball at church. So <laughs> there's gonna be there's gonna be bad eggs everywhere, but it doesn't mean you have to be one. Exactly. And and and. Uh, I, I those the bad eggs just walk the other direction. Don't say anything. Try and smile and just move on. Turn the big knob, man. Turn the big knob. You got it. I think we've met a great new friend for the uh, for the show here with Bruce Jewett, Whiskey One Golf Quebec. Bruce, we appreciate you. It's been two times we've had you on. I, I know that you've got more that you could share with us, and we we need to work on uh, work on the next show to have you back on. I uh, genuinely appreciate uh, you coming on again. Many many thanks to George. Uh, KJ6VU to uh, for getting us together and um, having having you on here twice. And of course, George wanted to be on today. I got to I got to say he wanted to be on, but he had to work. So uh, you know, not everybody has to do that. And with us on the East Coast, we we're we're off early on Friday today. So you know, there we'll you be go. okay. <laughs> Bruce, hey, well, thank th- you again. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, thank you for having me. This has been great. And and uh, any other topic uh, in and around contests and DXing, I'm I'm all over it. So invite me, and I'll participate. Fantastic, Bruce. Thank you again so much. We've enjoyed having you on. And folks, again, his call is Whiskey One Golf Quebec. If you're listening to a contest and you hear a booming station, it may be him. He's got stacked yaggies in his yard. So, Bruce, thanks again. We'll uh, we'll chat with you again soon. And that's going to wind up with Bruce Jewett, Whiskey One Golf Quebec. Man, what a nice guy. I tell you, George just knows all the nice people, does he not? I mean, on top of being one of the nicest individuals you've ever met, George. George knows all the good guys. Thank you, George. And thank you, Bruce. Whiskey One Golf Quebec. And uh, right off the air, we were talking, man. We're going to, we're going to have him back. We're going to talk about some antennas, some uh, some big boomers, and and get uh, get educated on all things RF. So we'll have Bruce back, I'm sure, man. What a, what a lot of fun. Good good two shows back-to-back. Hope you enjoyed them. If you did, we would love to know about it. Now, you can comment on the website. You can comment on Facebook, Google+. You can go to iTunes or wherever you listen to the show from, subscribe from. You can leave us a comment there. We've had some great comments so far. Appreciate those uh, the reviews, as well as our new Twitter and Facebook friends, followers, and all of those adjectives and, and names there as well genuinely appreciate you letting us be a part of your amateur radio hobby that's what we're doing we're growing we're learning with you and we're having a lot of fun doing it my name's kale my call is k4 cdn matter of fact i just got my call tag 
license plate put on my new van, my new Midlife Crisis, the 12-passenger van, along with my TMV71A and new Comet antenna installed just a week or so ago. So I'm having a lot of fun playing with the crossband repeat way down here in the country, working really good for me. And uh, all thanks to uh, Richard down there, along with Christy, Tammy, Daniel uh, at, at mtcradio.com. Great show sponsors. Awesome to be partnering with them and awesome to be here with you. And again, thank you for listening, for allowing me to help you learn as I learn. And maybe you got something to teach me as well. Let me know. I'd love to hear from you this week. Until next time, though, guys, we'll, uh, we'll chat later. 73, y'all. Thanks for downloading, listening, and subscribing to AmateurRadio15.com Presents. Time, the other ham radio podcast. You can find our past episodes, web links, and more at amateurradio15.com. That's amateurradio15.com. Follow us on Twitter at Fotime Podcast. And remember to visit our show sponsor, Main Trading Company, at mtcradio.com. Till next time, 73s.